Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, August 7th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tiamanini. And I am arts and culture writer, Alicia Ramirez. Alicia, uh, welcome back. It's nice to talk to you. Uh, Ashley is upstate for, I don't know how long, for a few days, but uh, she was traveling and getting set up up there for a little bit, um, and she will be back uh, uh, next week at some point. I don't know exactly when, but I hope uh, Ashley has a great weekend up, I think, in Buffalo. I don't really know where upstate. But anyway, this weekend, as we've been telling you about on this week on Broadway, James and the gang will be joined by the great Casey Nicola. If you would like to join in on that conversation so that you can ask questions live and listen to the episode while it's being recorded, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. As James is wont to do, he might just pull people into the discussion that are there. So, uh, Don't forget to do that and join up on Patreon. Of course, you can always hear all Broadway Radio episodes first on Patreon before they hit the regular feed. So uh, that should be a fun one. I I love Casey Nicola stuff, so will be fun to listen to that. Yes, I will be tuning in. Yeah, unfortunately, though, we have to start the show off with some sad news. As yesterday, we learned that Tony Award winning actor Brent Carver died on Tuesday at the age of 68. There was no cause of death shared by his family as of yet. Carver won the 1993 Tony Award for his Broadway debut in Kiss of the Spider-Woman and was nominated again six years later for Parade. He appeared on Broadway only two more times in 2004's King Lear and 2013's Romeo and Juliet. However, after his successful two musical runs on Broadway, he moved back to his native British Columbia, where he became a regular on stage in Canada and a favorite at the Stratford Shakespeare Festival. In 2014, Carver received a Governor General's Performing Arts Award, which is Canada's highest performing arts honor for his lifetime contribution to Canadian theater. On Twitter, following the news of his death, Carver's Parade co-star Carolee Carmelo tweeted, Rest in peace, dear Brent. You were such a brilliant talent, and I was so fortunate to share a stage with you. Thank you for inspiring so many, especially me. The show's composer, Jason Robert Brown, wrote on social media in part, this is a a kind of a longer post, but uh, he started it out by saying, I only ever saw Brent Carver play two roles, men unjustly imprisoned. His Molina in Kiss of the Spider Woman was flamboyant, relentless, emotions splaying like a pinwheel. I was working as a rehearsal pianist on that show, so I saw it probably 30 or 40 times. Every time I saw it, he seemed to be experiencing it completely anew. He was surrounded by hardcore Broadway types who knew how to hit their marks and slam it to the back wall night after night. But Brent was doing something different, something much more slippery and dangerous. He was responding second by second, beat by beat, to whatever Molina saw, heard, and felt. In some ways, it was alarming to me to watch an actor be that vulnerable and open on stage. He was entirely unpredictable. Of course, he never missed a line, never was in the wrong light. He got thrown in this huge Broadway machine and managed to retain his essential bespoke self. At least I did not see Carver on stage, but I love the the album of of Spider-Woman and his performance in Parade is legendary, so... Um, Of course, all of our thoughts are with his family and friends and fans, both in Canada and around the world. Wow. I'm so sorry to hear this. Yeah, he was one of those. He's an interesting kind of like trivia question because you think of this guy who burst onto the Broadway scene and had two huge, maybe not hit shows, but hit performances right away. And then he more or less just went back. Back to Canada, and we didn't really hear much. He did a lot of TV up there, did a lot of theater up there. I think he taught as well. Um, 
And uh, one of those guys, you're just like, hey, where did he go? And then when you start to do a little Googling or talk to people, you're like, oh, my gosh, he's got a huge career. Just not the trajectory that most people who start their their Broadway careers with a Tony Award uh, end up doing. But um, are you are you very familiar with either Spider-Woman or Parade? I I have basic knowledge of both. I, I read Kiss of the Spider-Woman, um, the book in which the show is based on. So I, I can only imagine how wonderful that performance must performance must have been. Yeah, highly recommend you uh, listen to the to at least the cast album of, of both. Oh of yeah, those. I, I have definitely. Yeah, they're great. So, um, Godspeed uh, to to Brent Carver, of course. All right, let's get into some show and casting news, Alicia. Yesterday, the Williamstown Theater Festival announced additional casting for their upcoming season, which is to be recorded and released by Audible. First up, Anna Klumski will lead Photograph 51 and will be joined by Tony nominees Omar Metwali and Stephen Kunkin, Asif Manvi, and more. In the world premiere of Animals, playwright and uh, Emmy-nominated star of The Good Place, William Jackson Harper, will be joined by Madeline Brewer, Jason Butler-Harner, and How to Get Away with Murder star Asia Naomi King. And joining the previously announced Audra McDonald and Carla Gugino, Ariel Sharif will replace Bobby Cannavale in A Streetcar Named Desire. We will have the complete casting and additional details for all of the shows in the show notes. We also learned yesterday that Netflix will be producing a filmed version of the musical podcast 36 Questions, which starred Jonathan Groff and Hades Town's Jesse Shelton. No word yet on who will star. However, Brett Haley, who is leading uh, the Grease prequel series for Paramount, will direct. Uh, Alicia, did you this? It's kind of obscure, although it did really well on like the podcast charts. Are you familiar with this 36 Questions musical podcast? Yes, I am. And I'm really excited for this adaptation because not every musical works in the podcast format. So I'm really excited to see how this translates to film, um, if they're going to keep those intimate aspects that made the show so relatable on screen and what they're going to change and expand that otherwise wouldn't have been possible due to the limitations of the medium. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that this was released and I talked about it on today on Broadway back when it was released, but it's basically a two hander. Uh, It's a husband and wife more or less at the end of their relationship. And um, they kind of go back and they do the thing that actually bonded them at the beginning doing this, survey, which is a real survey called 36 questions, which is supposed to immediately bond people together if they thoughtfully mm-hmm. answer these questions. And there's also a duck involved. I did not love this. Um, I thought it was much better without the songs. I thought the songs were kind of just fine. I thought that the acting in the the book was much better than the songs themselves. So I'll be interested to see how much they lean into that, how much they change. Um, maybe if they've updated some of the songs, cause that to me was the weakest part, but either way, always excited to see musical content, uh, getting wide release. Yeah. To me, it felt like a couple, like I was eavesdropping on a couple's conversation. Yeah, totally. That they just happened to burst into song, <laughs> which happens. I don't know about you, but I, it happens in my life all the time, carrying on <laughs> an intimate conversation about the end of a marriage and I burst into song. Uh, No, but finally in this section, yesterday, Ghostlight Records and the Civilians announced the release date for the second installment 
of the Michael Friedman Collection. The two new albums, I Am Nobody's Lunch and Paris Commune, will be released a week from today, Friday, August 14th, and will feature Nick Blameyer, Adam Chandler Barrett, Rebecca Naomi Jones, Mary Testa, and more. The, the first installments, the three albums, are great. So highly, highly recommend this. Of course, Michael Friedman lost uh, far too soon a few summers ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this is a great ability to carry on his legacy and the impact he had on the community. Oh, for sure. All right, let's get into some feel-good recommendations. The first one, maybe not feel-good, but I'm going to recommend it anyway. This comes from uh, The Indicator, which is a podcast version of NPR's Planet Money. It is a short segment from their show called An Artful Pivot, in which it talks about the financial financial impact that the shutdowns and the pandemic are having on theater and what theaters are doing to kind of deal with that. It specifically focuses on the Wilma Theater, which is actually something that I've, a theater that I've actually bought tickets to watch on other things online. Also, they did an audio version of a show, which I also listened to. Um, so really cool thing to listen, listen there, although it might get you a little depressed at the fact that yeah i i agree (laughs) but for those who don't know i went to school in suburban philadelphia so the world was my go-to theater so i certainly have fond memories i remember um one of the shows a couple years ago was angels in america so i loved listening to how they're managing their resources and just trying to keep their doors open and trying to adapt to the current circumstances. It ain't easy. That is definitely for sure. But I'm on their mailing list, so I'm always excited to see what they what they come up with. Uh, the next piece that we have is a little bit more feel-good, but it comes from uh, Broadway star John Rua, who's in the original cast of Hamilton, also in the original cast of SpongeBob. Uh, but he shared a virtual dance piece called Sunday in the Park in 2020, obviously based or inspired on Sunday in the Park with George. In the social media message accompanying the video, he wrote, quote, Hi, my name is George. This is my painting, Sunday in the Park, in 2020. Today's artist, a Latino working class George, honoring Sondheim's impetus while truly reviving the spirit of this story. Thank you for this and more. P.S. This couldn't exist without the black lives in my life. Uh, so very cool. John Rue is incredible. So I uh, highly recommend that. And Sunday in the Park is one of, if not my favorite shows. So I always love seeing that. Oh, good to know. Oh, yeah. Um, and finally, um, this is kind of a collection of a number of things that I recommend. But as I've talked about before, um, Broadway World Events is bringing uh, the Seth Rudetsky live concert series every Sunday night. This coming Sunday, the incredible, the ageless, the perfect Liz Calloway is is headlining the concert, and I've got a collection of nine different videos uh, of Liz Calloway performing, and a couple of them I've actually seen her perform live. I've seen her uh, two or three times at 54 Below, but the ones that stick out to me and actually are the ones that are, are linked in this video revolve around the Broadway Princess Party. I saw her do Journey to the Past and maybe one other song from Anastasia with Christy Altamar. I did too. Oh, were you there? Yeah, yeah. Alan Henry and I were actually in a corner uh, watching that. Um, it was great. And she sounds exactly the same, Elisa. Like, it doesn't sound like her voice has aged a second. I know. She's so oh, good. Goodness. The other one, Can you believe that? It's, it's, it's insane. And I, I tweeted when I saw it, I was like, I don't understand. I mean, like, she's a Broadway star. There's no doubt about that. But, like, how is she not, like, 
one of the Broadway stars. Like her voice is so good, not only just vocally, but the way she's able to express herself in emote through song. It is just incredible. The other one, which is actually what like the second video in this uh, a group of, of highlights, she sings all of her like princess songs that she either did or got close to doing. Um, like she was in, a, a, she was a finalist in a for a number of the Disney movie musicals and didn't get them uh, at least initially. Although she did some in like the the spin, like the the sequels and the TV versions and stuff. But uh, she's just great. Yeah. I'm really really looking forward to this because even today her voice is as good as any you will ever hear. Oh, definitely. All right, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. That is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. Alicia, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at aramirezguard31. All right, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget that Casey Nicola will be the guest on This Week on Broadway, and you can get in on that action early over at patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe. Be good to yourself. Be good to everyone uh, around you. Wear a mask. Stay inside. And uh, we will talk to you again on Monday. <laughs>